Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Member by Ram Goldai and today Masekhas Gitten Dafnun Khas. The fifth parakhanizaki. The Zikhu Masekhas Gitten program has been generously sponsored by Zikhu Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. Among numerous tragedies of the period of the Khurban described by the Gemara, Rab relates the story of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha's son and daughter. They were taken as slaves by two masters, and when they met, one said, I have a slave whose beauty is unparalleled in the world. The other responded that he had a slave woman whose beauty is unparalleled. They decided to pair them together in a room, intending to divide the offspring. Each sat in the corner of the sun, saying, I'm a Kohen, son of Kohan Gadoim. I should wed a slave woman? The daughter said similarly, I'm a Kohanist, daughter of Kohan Gadoim. I should marry a slave? They wept the whole night, and when dawn broke, they recognized one another. They fell upon each other and wept bitterly until their souls left them. Yermia lamented over them, Over these I weep, my eye, my eye runs with water. Point number two, the Mishnah Daf Nun Hei Amabes taught that initially, one who bought land from a sea creek run, an idolater who seized a Jew's land, and then purchased it from the owner in an effort to have the owner legitimize the sale from the sea creek run, the sale is void and the land must be returned. Rav says, The only taught this where the owner told the purchaser, go make a chazak and acquire it. But if the owner gave him a document of sale, he acquires it. Rashi explains that the owner's voluntarily writing a star indicates his sincere agreement to the sale. Shmuel says, Even with a document, he does not acquire it. Unless he writes for the purchaser that he accepts responsibility to compensate him if the owner's creditor collects it. A price is brought in support of Shmuel, which teaches that one who purchases land from someone, and then purchases the lien on that land, for the ksuba from the seller's wife, the second sale is void, and the lien remains in force, unless she writes for him to accept responsibility to compensate him if the land is later collected. Rav can answer that a chrais here refers to a document because neither party can retract after it's given. And point with you, the Mishnah and Daf Nun Hayam and Beis taught that a later court ruled that one who purchases land which remained with a Sikrikon for 12 months pays one quarter to the owner and may keep the land. A Brisa qualifies this. If an idolater comes to seize a Jew's land as payment for a debt, or a seizure without any cause, the law of Sikrikon does not apply. Rather, the land is returned to the owner for free. Rashi explains that where the Jew was not threatened with his life, we do not assume he forfeited his property, the Sikrikon, even if he did not challenge him for 12 months. Rav Yosef said, Ain amparus There is no land stolen without cause in Bavel, which the Gemara explains to mean the law of a land stolen without cause does not apply in Bavel, and the buyer may keep it. The Gemara explains, since there is a courthouse in Bavel, yet he didn't go to complain about a stolen land, we can assume he pardoned the Sikrikon. So once again, the three points are number one. Among numerous tragedies of the period of the Churban described by the Gemara, Rav relates the story of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha's son and daughter. They were taken as slaves by two masters, and when they met, one said, I have a slave whose beauty is unparalleled in the world. The other responded that he had a slave woman whose beauty is unparalleled. They decided to pair them together in a room, intending to divide the offspring. Each sat in the corner of the sun, saying, I'm a Kohen, son of Kohan Gadoim. I should wed a slave woman? The daughter said similarly, I'm a Kohanist, daughter of Kohan Gadoim. I should marry a slave? They wept the whole night, and when dawn broke, they recognized one another. They fell upon each other and wept bitterly until their souls left them. Yermia lamented over them, Over these I weep, my eye, my eye runs with water. 
Point number two, the Mishnah Daf Nun Hei Amun Beis taught that initially, one who bought land from a sea creek run, an idolater who sees a Jew's land, and then purchased it from the owner in an effort to have the owner legitimize the sale from the sea creek run, the sale is void and the land must be returned. Rav says, The only taught this where the owner told the purchaser, go make a chazak and acquire it. But if the owner gave him a document of sale, he acquires it. Rashi explains that the owner's voluntarily writing a star indicates his sincere agreement to the sale. Shmuel says, Even with a document, he does not acquire it. Unless he writes for the purchaser that he accepts responsibility to compensate him if the owner's creditor collects it. A price is brought in support of Shmuel, which teaches that one who purchases land from someone and then purchases the lien on that land for the ksuba from the seller's wife, the second sale is void and the lien remains in force. Unless she writes for him to accept responsibility to compensate him if the land is later collected. Rav can answer that a chrais here refers to a document because neither party can retract after it's given. And point with you, the Mishnah and Daf Nun Hayam and Beis taught that a later court ruled that one who purchases land which remained with a Sikrikon for 12 months pays one quarter to the owner and may keep the land. A price that qualifies this, if an idolater comes to seize a Jew's land as payment for a debt, or a seizure without any cause, the law of Sikrikon does not apply. Rather, the land is returned to the owner for free. Rush explains that where the Jew was not threatened with his life, we do not assume he forfeited his property, the Sikrikon, even if he did not challenge him for 12 months. Rav Yosef said, Ain amparus There is no land stolen without cause in Bavel, which the Gemara explains to mean the law of a land stolen without cause does not apply in Bavel, and the buyer may keep it. The Gemara explains, since there is a courthouse in Bavel, yet he didn't go to complain about a stolen land, we can assume he pardoned the Sikrikon. All right, so now we get our simon daf nun ches, and our standard simon is Noach Goldberg the zookeeper. Noach Goldberg the zookeeper, not to be confused with the biblical Noach. So here goes. The zoo with the green cage containing a very sad brother and sister who were slaves, which was purchased from a secret and then from Noah Goldberg, the owner, who voluntarily wrote the buyer Ashtar, was returned to Noah Goldberg when he was informed that the law of secret does not apply when the land is stolen without cause. Once again, it's a motion. The zoo at the green cage. Zoo at the green cage. That must be Randolph Nunches. Noch Goldberg, the zookeeper. The zoo with the green cage containing a very sad brother and sister who were slaves, which reminds us, the Gemara relates the tragic story of Bishmo ben Elisha's beautiful son and daughter who were taken as slaves and brought together. So, the zoo with the green cage containing a very sad brother and sister who were slaves, which was purchased from a Sikrikon and then from Noel Goldberg, the owner, who voluntarily wrote the buyer Ashtar, which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Nun Hei Amun Beis taught that initially one who bought land from a Sikrikon and then purchased from the owner in an effort to have the owner legitimize the sale from the Sikrikon, the sale is void and the land must be returned. Rav says, the only taught is where the owner told the purchaser, go make a chazaka and acquire it, of a Bishtar Kana, but if the owner gave him a document of sale, he acquires it. Rashi explains that the owner's voluntarily writing a star indicates his sincere agreement to the sale. Shmuel says, Even with a document, he doesn't acquire it unless he writes for the purchaser that he accepts responsibility to compensate him if the owner's creditor collects it. So the zoo at the green cage containing a very sad brother and sister who were slaves, which was purchased from a Sikrikon and then from Noah Goldberg, the owner, who voluntarily wrote the buyer Ashtar, was returned to Noah Goldberg when he was informed that the law of Sikrikon does not apply when the land is stolen 
without cause. Which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Nun base taught that a later court ruled that one who purchases land which remained with his Greekon for 12 months pays one quarter to the owner and may keep the land. Abraisa qualifies as Habam Machmas Chov if an idolater comes to seize a Jew's land as payment for a debt, Umachmas Amparus, or a seizure without any cause, Embo Mishum Sikrikon. The law Sikrikon does not apply. Rather, the land is returned to the owner for free. Once again, it's a motion. The zoo with the green cage containing a very sad brother and sister who were slaves, which was purchased from a Sikrikon and then from Noah Goldberg, the owner, who voluntarily wrote the buyer Ashtar, was returned to Noah Goldberg when he was informed that the law Sikrikon does not apply when the land is stolen without cause. All right, so now it's time for Four Blabach Hazara. Daf Nun Dalad. So the Simon Daf Nun Dalad is noodles. So here goes. The Kohen who's outraged when he saw that the Israel who accidentally ate his green noodle dish, green noodles, that must be on Daf Nun Dalad, noodles. The Kohen who's outraged when he saw that the Israel who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tahor Truma repaid him a shogeg with Tamechu, and which reminds us, the Gmaran Daf Nun Gimel Amabes asserted that Rabbi Meir penalizes a shogeg as severely as Maisie for a Rabban, yet he rules in a brisa that if a non Kohen ate Tahor Truma b'shogeg, instead of paying him Tahor Chulun, he paid him a Tamechulun, which cannot be eaten since it becomes Truma. Rabbi Meir says, b'shogeg tashum of tashumim. if it was done b'shogeg, the payment is valid. But Maisie, the payment is invalid. The Gemara answers that this is not comparable since there when paying with Tamei Chulun, the man intended to pay as required. Should we go and penalize him for mistakenly paying with Tamei Produce? So the Kohen was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tower Truma repaid him Bishogeg with Tamei Chulun. Wasn't believed when he told the man he was Mafago the carbon he brought on his behalf the day before, which reminds us, it was taught in Nebraisa, that if one was preparing Tahor items for another, and he told him that Tahor items are prepared for he became Tame, or if he was preparing Karbanas for another by sacrificing them, and he told him the Karbanas are prepared for you became Pigol, he's believed. However, if he said that items he prepared on a previous day became Tame, or Pigol, he's not believed. Abai explains the difference, anything within his ability to do now, he's believed to say he did. But something that's no longer in his ability to do, such as something that was done the day before, he's not believed. Rabbi gives a different explanation. So the Kohen who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tower Truma repaid him Bishogeg with Tamechulin wasn't believed when he told the man he was Mafago the carbon he brought on his behalf the day before and that the Sefer Torah he had written for him that was now in this man's possession was puzzle because he didn't write Hashem's names, Lishma. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates an incident of a Sefer told Rabbi Ami about a Sefer Torah he wrote for someone. I did not write the mentions of Hashem's names, Lishma, which would invalidate the entire Sefer Torah. After determining the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Yami responded, You are believed to forfeit your wages since you admitted you didn't perform the work properly, but you're not believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. Daf Nun Hei. So the similar Daf Nun Hei is a speed limit sign of 55. So here goes. The stolen Chattis thief who got hungry whizzing past green speed limit signs, speed limit signs, that must mean Daf Nun Hei, speed limit sign of 55. The stolen Chattis thief who got hungry whizzing past green speed limit signs being held by Sad Kohanim, which reminds us, Yochan ben Gugudah taught, Machattis Hagazua shall know the Larabim concerning a stolen Chattis, meaning a stolen animal, which the thief designated as a Chattis, which is not publicly known to have been stolen, that it atones for the thief's Chattis obligation for the benefit of the Mizbech. Ula says, biblically speaking, whether it was known or not, it doesn't atone for the thief because Yerush Kadi Wilkani, the owner's despair alone, does not acquire 
their ownership of the thief. Nevertheless, the rabbis instituted that where the stolen status of the animal is unknown, it atones for the thief's obligation, so that the Kohanim should not be saddened by the later discovery that they ate illegitimate sacrificial meat, meaning Chulam brought as a carbon. This is called Tikkun HaMizbech, the benefit of the Mizbech, because Kohanim would hesitate in the future to bring carbonus. Rav Yehuda brings a different explanation. So the stolen Chattis thief who got hungry whizzing past green speed limit signs being held by Sad Kohanim stopped to shech the carbon outside the Mikdash unaware he'll be high of by rabbinic decree, which reminds us Rav challenged Ul from a Brites which teaches about a stolen animal which the thief was Makdish if he shechted it outside the Mikdash. In such a case, Anush Karas, he's liable to Karas. This proves that Yehush is sufficient for the thief to own and be Makdish the animal, for otherwise it wouldn't be Karas for shechting outside the Mikdash. Rav Shivzi answered, it means Karas Medivrem. It's caused by rabbinical decree. Rav explained that the Karas was engendered due to a rabbinical decree. The rabbis placed it in the thief's possession using the principle of Hefker based in Hefker, so you should be high for Karas for shechting it outside the Mikdash. So the stolen Chattis thief, who got hungry whizzing past green speed limit signs, being held by Sad Kohanim, stopped to shech the carbon outside the Mikdash, unaware he'll be chayv karas by rabbinical decree, and that he was standing on land being sold by a Sikrikon who had taken it from a Jew, which reminds us that Gamora discusses purchasing land from a Sikrikon and an idolater who sees land from a Jew. Daf Nun Vav. So the similar Daf Nun Vav is a Shusher and Shul going Nu Nu. So here goes. The Shusher and Shul. Shusher and Shul. That must be more in Daf Nun Vav. The Shusher and Shul on Tishabav who shushed everybody with his long green finger so they could carefully listen to the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, which reminds us the following three blonde discuss the Churban and Shani in detail, beginning with the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. So the Shusher and Shul on Tishabav who shushed everybody with his long green finger so they could carefully listen to the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, and then hear the Shir on Rabbi Yochanan's three requests from Vespasian, which reminds us more brings a background behind Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's three requests of Vespasian of Tenli Yavne well, Grammy Yavna and his sages to be spared, the line of Rabbi Gamliel, the eventual Nasi from David's line, and doctors secure Rabbi Sadak from his years of fasting. Rabbi Yosef or Rabbi Kiva declared about him, Hashem turns wise men backwards and makes their intelligent foolish. He should have said to leave them this time and spare Yushalayim. The more explains that Rabbi Yochan was afraid that Vespasian would not grant him anything. So the Shusher and Shul on Tishabah, who shushed everybody with his long green finger so they could carefully listen to the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, and then hear the Shir on Rabbi Yochanan's three requests from Vespasian was complimented by the rabbi who said that the shush's shush was so loud it would have stopped the gnat picking away at Titus's brain, which reminds us, the Gemara describes what occurred when Titus was sent in Vespasian's place. He did despicable things in the Koshikadoshim and was eventually punished by the tiny gnat who entered his nose and picked at his brain for seven years once he passed a smith hammering and the gnat stopped. For the next three days, he had a smith banging in his presence until the gnat became accustomed to the sound and returned. The Gemara describes its great size when Titus died. All right, so now we go to Simmerdaf Nun Zayin, and her standard Simmerdaf is a nose, and we often use a puppet with a long nose. So here goes. The puppet show on the Churban featured a convert pulling three green puppets with long noses. Puppets with long noses? That must be more Daf Nun Zayin. The puppet show on the Churban featured a convert pulling three green puppets with long noses out of graves, which reminds the Gemara relates how Unkos raised his uncle Titus, Bilam, and a Jewish sinner from the dead and asked if he should convert and their various responses. So the puppet show on the Churban featured a convert pulling three green puppets with long noses out of graves, who then suspended them over what looked like boiling blood, which reminds us the Gemara relates what happened when Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar's general found the blood of Zechariah bubbling on the floor of the base of Megdash. So the puppet show on the Churban featured a convert pulling three green puppets with long noses out of graves, who then suspended them over what looked like boiling blood, just as a righteous mother holding a picture of her seven sons 
jumped off her rooftop. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings the incident of the woman and her seven sons who were brought before Caesar and refused to worship an idol. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of ten questions. Number one. Which stuff do we learn about Rabbi Yochum and Zakai's three requests from Vespasian? That's on Duff. None above. Good number two. Which stuff do we learn about Uncle is rising his uncle Titus, Bilam, and a Jewish sinner from the dead and asking them if he should convert? That's on Duff. None Zion. Good number three. Which stuff do we have a question whether one is believed when he claims his friend's Tahor items became Tame or his carbon became Pigol? That's on Duff. None dog. Good number four. Which stuff did Malkovich because when we penalize Shogeg out to Mazid regarding Hezek Shainu Nikar and Bishop Bashabas Bishogeg? That's on Duff. None Gimel. Good number five. Which of the one according to Rav, if the owner of the field wrote a star to the one who bought his field from a Sikrikron, the sale is valid? That's on Duff. None Chas. Good number six. Which of the one about the woman and her seven sons who were brought before Caesar and refused to worship an idol? That's on Duff. Nunzain. Good number seven. What should I learn about the story of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha's beautiful son and daughter who were bought as slaves and then brought together? That's on Duff. Nunchas. Good number eight. What should I learn the land is returned to the owner if the Sikrikon took the land as payment of a debt or he seized it without cause? That's on Duff. Nunchas. Good number nine. What should I learn about Nubaz Radan discovering the blood of Zechariah on the floor of the base of Migdash? That's on Duff. Nunzain. Good. Number 10. Which of the one a stolen animal designated as a carbon, which was shechted outside the base of Migdash, the Onish is Karis, based on a rabbinical decree. That's on Duff. Nun hey. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.